This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Another emergency podcast has been recorded and now published. You're on Territory.com and the Ots and Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And before we break into this emergency verbal commitment podcast, I'm going to remind you guys out there right now that you can subscribe to DuckTerritory.com and save a ton of money in two different ways. One, you can choose the month, the month uh, membership, and your first month with us is just $1, $9.95 thereafter that. Or if you want to save a huge chunk of change, and I'm talking like over $100 or close to it, you could today sign up for a 75% off annual membership. That's a one-time payment of $26.85. And if you spread that out over a 12-month period, you're basically getting DuckTerritory.com for $2.24 a month. That's ridiculous. That's $7 and change cheaper than our month-to-month price. Huge savings. Highly encourage you guys to take part of this because, look, it sounds like football is coming back and sports are coming back. And you could get in on a year's coverage of DeckTerritory.com at an insane rate of just $26.85 for an entire year, 75% off membership. All right, Eric, uh, big news today, tonight, because the Oregon Ducks have landed – their ninth verbal commitment of the 2021 recruiting class, and that comes from four-star tight end Moliki Matavo, a six-foot six, foot six tight end out of Liberty High School in Henderson, Nevada, the number one ranked player in the state of Nevada for the class of 2021. He's the fourth best tight end in the country by the 24-7 Sports Composite. He's the 151st best player in the country, regardless of position ranking. Uh, Matavo is, I, there's no other way to say it. This is a big time get for the Oregon football program at a position in which they didn't sign anybody in, at the tight end spot last year. Yeah, let's acknowledge that. You know, you look at what Oregon has at tight end going into 2020, and obviously Matabo is not going to be a part of that roster, but they have five tight ends, but none of those guys, we don't really know which one of those guys is the long-term player. And the fact that Oregon did not sign a recruit during the 2020 class, now the last player they signed at tight end was Patrick Herbert in 2019. This was important. They needed to find a tight end in this cycle. You couldn't go two consecutive cycles without a tight end because that would set you up for potentially like, a really bizarre scenario in two or three years here where you wouldn't have really any of that young depth on the roster. Um, and it would be a thing where maybe in a couple classes you'd have to take two or three tight ends. and You now kind of avoid that type of, type of maybe, I guess, scrambling in a couple cycles if you'd missed this year. I think it would have been hard for Oregon to miss on a tight end in two consecutive classes. But getting Madavajo in line is huge, and, and you're right in terms of 
the impact of him as a recruit. I mean, this is this is a big time, big time tight end, Matt. Um, you look at him and his frame at six foot six. I think you have to be really, really excited, not just by the fact that it was a position of need, but because it's somebody who, and you could probably speak to this too, but who's a really, really good football player and who could be a, maybe even a star at Oregon sometime down the line. Yeah, 100%. You look at Matavo, and he's got day one ready physical, you know, attributes right now. He's six foot six. He's 240 pounds. He glides up the field when he runs. This is a player that had a, you know, is going to have an opportunity when he gets to Oregon to make an impact right away. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and say he's a lock to start or he's a front runner to start at the tight end position, but it's going to be in the discussion of he's a true freshman that plays in the 2021 football season at Oregon. And you look across his offer list and I mean, I, stars matter that 100%. I, I, I am fully on board with that 24 seven sports every year around signing day publishes a story about, why stars matter and the schools that sign the top recruiting classes every year are the schools that win the most games. And if so that right there tells you everything, you know, short and spectrum there of stars matter. But if you just want to look at the schools that have offered him a scholarship prior to his commitment to Oregon and are curious about, well, I think he's a four star, but who, who really is after him? Cause we've seen some four star best. Well, let's, let's look at his finalists before he committed to Oregon, and that was Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, UCLA. You know, I, I, I tend to believe that Georgia and Penn State are two of the best college football programs in the country every single season. UCLA, while they don't win a ton of games, they produce a good amount of tight ends into the NFL. And now let's go down the list of other programs that he landed offers from but just didn't consider before he made his his commitment – and you've got programs like Alabama, you have Auburn, Florida, LSU, who just won the national championship, Ohio State, Stanford, that's another school that 100% knows the tight end position. USC, Washington, Wisconsin, Texas A&M. This is a player that had all of the top schools across the country going after him and Oregon won out. You can go check out my film review on the site after this, or you could pause it right now and go watch it before I jump into it if you don't want me to hear me say all of this. But I, I, Matt is is right in kind of his quick analysis of what you see from Matavajo on film. You know, six foot six, two forty is fantastic size for the position, and I think you look at him and he's still relatively lean. I think he has the has the frame to play at two fifty five, two sixty, two sixty five, maybe even depending upon the way he carries that weight. And I think that part's important, too, because Matt touched on it, but he does run very well for a guy his size. In high school, there are, I think you look on the tape, at least two or three touchdowns that come off of tight end screens where they just basically have Mataveo come in motion, dump it off to him, and let him run. I think one of them was like an 80 to 85-yard touchdown. But when you get him in open space, he runs very, very well, and he runs through arm tackles, and you see that throughout. Big, strong, athletic, great in the passing game. Um, shows the ability to go high point the ball in the end zone a couple of times, you know, has that athleticism to, to, to make plays in the air. Um, 
which is something from an Oregon perspective at tight end that is, is extremely valuable. You think about how Stanford utilizes their tight ends in the past with Kobe Parkinson a couple of years ago. I think Matavajo has the upside to be that kind of goal line sort of red zone presence because of how he goes up and gets it. So, um, and he's a good blocker too. I think that, you know, most of his highlights are from the passing game where he's out running routes and scoring touchdowns, but, um, it's clear he's, he's a capable blocker as well with that size, the way he attacks the defensive lineman um, at, the, at the line of scrimmage. So I think a really high-end player, and it makes sense. And when you, you know, I typically try to watch these, the guys that Oregon has a good chance at and watch their film a couple of times before I do the film review. When you, when you turn it on right away, you're impressed. And I, when I watched it before knowing he was going to Oregon, I was watching it thinking, man, he... If he does end up at Oregon, has a chance to be just a really special part of this offense going forward. I don't want to say he's a talent that's completely unlike anything Oregon has had at tight end, because I think that might be a stretch. Oregon has had some really good tight ends, and that would be, I guess, a little reductive to what they've had in the past. But athletically, size-wise, he will be, I think, has a chance to be one of the better tight ends Oregon has had come through here, um, at least in the last decade or so. Let's look back at some comparison, because like you said, Oregon does have a ton of tight ends that have gone on to the NFL. There's a, a, a deep history of that position. Yeah. Having some really good players play there. Um, is there anyone that – I don't like doing comparisons a ton, but is there anyone out there that really just kind of rem, – that Matabo really reminds you of that's played at Oregon? Or is he truly, like you said, kind of someone maybe Oregon theoretically hasn't had before? I think if I'm making comparison, the closest one might be like a Farrell Brown just in terms of he's really big body, he's sure-handed, he's athletic, he he runs well in the open field. But even there, I don't know if it's like a perfect comparison. Uh, I think Brown probably a little bit more explosive. Um, I think Matavago maybe has a chance to be even a little bit more imposing physically if he can fill out, if that makes sense, even though Brown was really physical. Um, that would be the one I would probably land on. I think even in terms of stylistically, like a Jacob Breland being somebody who is really, really good as a pass receiver can go out and you, we saw what he was able to do at the starting, you know, the first six games of 2019, uh, in terms of being Herbert's favorite target around the goal line. I think you could see him develop into something like that, but I don't think there's like a clear, this guy, you know, Ma, you know, Maliki Matavajo is exactly player X. I don't think that comes to, you know, that sticks out, but I think Farrell Brown, Jacob Breland, tight ends that are capable of being, really involved and integrated in the passing game. I think that's kind of what stands out for me with him. I, I don't want to say he's a specialist and he can't block, but I think his ability to, to catch the ball and make plays with the ball in his hands is the thing that is, I think, his biggest strength right now, and, and that maybe that's why I draw comparisons to guys like Brown and, and Breland. Now, historically, Matabo is, is, is going to be up there from a commitment standpoint at the tight end position, right? Yep, uh, I was just looking through this earlier. Um, there are two tight ends or two players that played the position that signed with Oregon that were more highly ranked. One of them didn't sign as a tight end. That was Colt Lairla. He signed as an athlete. Um, so if you're being real technical here, Matavajo is the second highest rated Oregon commitment at the tight end position since 2001 when these rankings started. The only player ahead of him would be Curtis White, a tight end from Sheldon High School who was extremely highly regarded, who unfortunately uh, had to medically retire, really never got his career going. So um, he is certainly one of the best tight ends to ever pick Oregon. And I think, again, like I said, I think there's a chance he could be one of the best tight ends in terms of how he competes. And I was another thing I was looking at here from a trend perspective is, as far as I'm concerned, looking through here, he's by far the best recruit that they've ever landed a commitment from from the state of Nevada. 
Um, currently, unless I'm missing somebody, and I don't think I am, Jackson LaDuke, who was signed as a lot of part of last year's class, is the highest-rated player from Nevada to ever pick Oregon. The only other players in Oregon's top 247, which is a cap for these all-time commitment rankings, is Tyrell Crosby. He's the 179th best player ever to sign with Oregon. And then Trevin Maai, another player who signed in the last a couple of classes here, another edge guy. Um, so in terms of the state of Nevada, this is also a trend they're breaking here, getting a top, top-tier guy from that state, the highest-rated player in that state as well. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to an emergency podcast edition of the Odds and Audible's podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Premier. Eric Scopel is with me as always, and we're talking Oregon football because they have landed a verbal commitment from four-star tight end Maliki Motabo out of Liberty High School in Henderson, Nevada. That's just right smack next to Las Vegas, so that gives you kind of an area where an idea of where Motabo is from. Eric, now how does he fit? into the current roster at the tight end position in in your eyes uh, because this is a group in which it feels like it's kind of completely wide open heading into 2020. It is. I agree. And I actually were doing my spring position reviews this week and tight end happened to just ha- you know land on today. So I was spending a lot of time today thinking about tight ends current and in future, I guess. Um, and you're right in terms of like, it's a position group where you don't know going into 2020 how this is going to play out. Um, there is one senior in Hunter Campmore. Cam McCormick obviously, uh, was rewarded a couple of extra years of eligibility. So, um, the good news is from a position perspective, the only player they're going to lose after 2020 for sure, and I guess you could see a player go pro or retire is Hunter Campmore. So there is some positivity there. So it's not like when Matabajo arrives at Oregon in 2021, there's going to be no continuity. You know, he's expected that he's forced to come in and start. I don't think that's the case at all. But there isn't a long term. That's for sure the guy. And I think that's where if Maliki Matavaho comes in ready, I think he he will have a chance to have a role in 2021. By that time, you would have McCormick wrapping close to wrapping up his career. You would have Spencer Webb close to wrapping up his career, and you'd have Patrick Herbert um, in his junior season. So. Uh, I should say sophomore season by 2021, sorry. Um, so you'd, you'd have a fairly experienced roster for him to join, and it would be a matter of, of what he can do with that group. I think the exciting thing for him is that you get past 2022 and the whole thing's wide open. You know, So by his, I guess you could say potentially a redshirt sophomore season, junior year by 2022, or I should say, sorry, potentially redshirt freshman or sophomore season in 2022, the roster could be open for him where he'd have a chance to really be a focal point in the offense. Yeah, there, there's without a doubt a, a huge opportunity for Matabo to, to come in to Oregon and play right away and have a have a have a, a key role uh, on this football team at the tight end position. 
right away and for future, you know, multiple seasons down the road. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out from a recruiting perspective because you look at this class and with this jump, Oregon should move. We're looking at this in very real time. If my math is correct, Oregon before this commitment was 21st in the country with eight verbal commitments in the 2021 recruiting class. They should jump up to 14th in the country. Uh, a good jump, a significant jump. You, you, when you land a commitment and you make a seven number jump in recruiting, it's a pretty clear indicator that you've just landed a big verbal commitment. And if you want to look at the average ranking commitment or the average score per recruit for Oregon, it should be, if my math is right, at 92.89. And if you're curious kind of why that number is important and if you haven't listened to this podcast the last two months or so, I've beaten this this drum home Every single time we've talked recruiting, and that yep. the Ducks are taking quant, uh, they're taking quality over quantity, meaning the players that they are landing at for verbal commitments are some of the best players at their positions across the board. Where you see schools like uh, Tennessee, who's currently second in the country, and they have 24 verbal commitments, and over half of them are three-star players. Or you look at a school uh, like Michigan, who is in the top 10 at seven, they have 15 verbal commitments. Half of them are three-star commitments. Iowa, they are another school just ahead of Oregon at 10th in the country. They have 15 total verbal commitments. 12 of those 15 are, thir- are three-star players. So Oregon is landing recruits. And while they may not have as many as teams in the top 10, because you look at the teams in the top 10 right now, every single one of them, has at least 12 verbal commitments. The fewest number is 12. USC has 13. Clemson has 13. But you've got programs like Tennessee who has 24 verbal commitments. Florida (laughs) has 17 verbal commitments. Minnesota also has 17. Iowa has 15. These are schools who have loaded up early on, and you you don't want to just kind of unload and and talk negatively about a, a recruit. But... A lot of these schools have signed three stars. These aren't some of the best players in the country. And Oregon is is at 14 right now. And the way I'm looking at their class with nine verbal commitments, all of them but one are four-star recruits. And if you look at the players that have committed, they have the number one player in Arizona. They have the number one player in Oregon. They have the number one player in New York. They have the number one player in Utah, they have the number two player in Arizona. They have the number two player in Utah. Uh, they've got the fifth best player in the state of Arizona. They've got the 11th best player in the state of California. So Oregon is going out and they are landing high profile recruits. And Mario Cristobal said it best to a conference called Eric Scopel was on a couple weeks ago was this program is big game fishing and that every recruit that they land for the most part, has turned into an elite prospect at his position. Do we expect more big fish hunting here or, or, or seeking out the big fish at the tight end position specifically? Is this a one and done at the position? Are there other targets you think Oregon would take? If the, you know, Are there takes out there, I guess, at tight end outside of Matavajo? Or do you think 
with the one commitment here at the position that they're pretty much set at tight end for 2021? I think there's two more guys that Oregon is actively recruiting. I shouldn't say I think I know. Um, I, there's two names to know here. I I believe they would take either of those these guys' verbal commitments should they want to commit in the next in the foreseeable future, as long as the class all of a sudden doesn't explode from, say, nine verbal commitments to 15 in, like, the next couple of weeks. Right. Um, and shoot, the way the Oregon's are operating right now, that may happen. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's two names right now who, who can get in on this class, and that's Brock Bowers. He is the number three tight end in the country, the 94th best player overall, and also Terrence Ferguson, He's a tight end out of Colorado, the 14th best player at the position. He's a four-star player. You you could say Demetrius Crownover, a, a tight end out of Texas. He's a four-star player that, that Oregon's got some interest in. Maybe a Michael Trigg, another guy that's a four-star tight end from Florida. Um, I, I just don't think Oregon has as good of a chance as landing Trigg or Crownover as they do Terrence Ferguson or Brock Bowers. Ferguson has recently announced the top five. Uh, Brock Bowers is is inching closer to kind of finalizing his list, if I'm not mistaken. But the reason why – and there's a pecking order here between Bowers and Ferguson. I, I, I view Bowers as must-take at all costs. You take this guy no matter what. He's from Napa in Northern California. Uh, Georgia is kind of viewed as the favorite here, but – Oregon is a major player for Brock Bowers. They've made a big impression on him. He's been on campus before. Terrence Ferguson is, I think, a talented player, but is significantly lower than Matabo and Bowers as well uh, as as Trigg and Crownover. So I, I think Ferguson is high on Oregon, but his opportunity to commit to Oregon has an expiration date in my mind. Uh, I, I think if Oregon has... 18 verbal commitments and it's let's say September and they still need a let's let's just let's just say they, they still need an outside linebacker and a cornerback and a safety and one more receiver and they've only got four spots you're you're not going to take a second tight end in Ferguson to eliminate you know an opportunity to take another receiver or a cornerback a linebacker or a safety all right, big verbal commitment for the Ducks. Hopefully we've gotten you caught up on Oregon's football recruiting. Um, Eric, real quick, I want to just get your opinion on this class as a whole. With nine verbal commitments now, a top 15 ranking, Oregon is continuing to track towards the best class in school history. Just what stands out to you about this class? I think the the just the versatility, the fact that they're landing – Four-star, top-rated recruits at basically every position. I mean, you run through the success they've had. Quarterback, Ty Thompson, one of the top recruits out west at the position. Um, running back, Seven McGee. He's currently in New York, but from the West Coast originally. One of the top running backs nationally. Wide receiver, you've got Kyron Ware-Hudson, a top 150 recruit, really talented, younger brother of Keon Ware-Hudson. And a couple of other players that, you know, we, we're not going to give away all the VIP scoop, but there's certainly some possibility of Oregon adding a couple other really good wide receivers in this class. You then add Maliki Matavajo. That's a tight end who's a four-star recruit. Offensive line, listeners know this. There's three four-star offensive linemen. Every single position on offense has at least one four-star 
verbal commitment right now. Obviously, defense has a little bit more work to do. Only two verbal commitments at the moment right now with Keith Brown at linebacker. He is a four-star. And Terrell Tillman at defensive end, he's a three-star. So you have almost every position group on the roster a four-star commitment from it. And on offense, you have at least one at every position. And it's possible that you could see two to three to four four-star commitments um, at offensive line and wide receiver going forward here with the trends everything's going. So for me, it's really just the fact that it's not like they're just loading up at one spot. The fact that they've been able to go out, find highly regarded players at every spot on offense and get those players committed this early, I just think that's a really, really positive way that this is going. They're they're addressing every need they could so far. Um, now it's a matter of going out and, I guess, getting a couple more of these defensive guys. But on offense, boy, this is boiling down to be, I have to think, one of the better offensive halls Oregon has ever had, maybe um, the best in program history. I think if you go out and say, hey, Oregon's going to sign the best player in the state of Arizona, the state of Oregon, the state of you know, Utah, they're going to sign some top five players in the state of California. Um, they're also going to continue to add, you know, some of the other top five players in states like Utah and Arizona. That's the recipe of, of building a top 10 class because once you start landing the best, the alpha dog in, in each class or in each state, your class is, is just naturally going to become elite. You're, you're landing the big fish in every single state and it's an interesting – one other thing that's really stood out to me is also just how Oregon has kind of infiltrated Utah and has also infiltrated Arizona. Um, now maybe we're, we're, we're looking at this team going into the state of, of Nevada and finding a couple more players from, from that state, maybe not in 2021, but in 2022 as well. It really feels like Oregon is kind of expanding their SoCal you know, dominance and spreading it east a little bit into Arizona, into Nevada, into Utah, and you know, growing that circle of that you know uh, of dominance where anything in this circle they're going to kind of land. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast. I really appreciate you guys for listening to the show. For Eric Scopel, myself, Matt Frame, we'll talk to you soon. Adios, amigos.